I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we will help you learn to invest in 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm good, Bryce. How are you? <laughs> I'm losing my miles a bit, as you can tell, but all good. Here for another exciting episode. Another one that we have now entrenched into our yeah. structure. Second one that we have done now, and that is our book club. And what a book do we have this month? What a book. Very, Whoa. very glad we put this in our book club. I yes, hope same. our uh, listeners that are reading along, that are members of our book club, are also glad. Members being just reading along, there's no uh, ad fee to join or anything to sign up no, so welcome no, to the not even an official membership card it's just you know that you're a member and we yes. know that you're out there <laughs> yes we have heaps of members yeah but... yeah yeah so yeah ren i loved this book calm pumped down, it out calm, calm very down. early <laughs> very early in the month um so i'm gonna say we it's did... been, i'm gonna say it's been the best book from our book club I mean, yes, the yeah, pool is very small. <laughs> <laughs> Still, one out of time. I'm going to take it one step further, Ren, and say it's probably been one of the best investing books I've read this year. Wow. That's big, I'm going to say, take it one step further and say it's one of the best investing books there is. Oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> No, nah, I don't know about that. It definitely is good. No, it's I, definitely I, I, there. I agree. It's probably one of the best that you can do. You can read, especially as a beginner. I think there the way that it's written is um, very easy to understand. But you know written what? As, yes. Sorry, you, you finished there? No, it's okay. We can discuss that point later. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, I was, I was going to say, even if it's not the best, in, one of the best investment books of all time, it's probably been written by one of the best investors of all time. And uh, I would argue that he's got the record to back it up. Yes, yes. So, the book that we're talking about and the author who's written it, Ren, is... Bryce Lesky. <laughs> Sometimes, without being in the room, it's hard to give eye contact to say, <laughs> your turn to speak. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no, the actual investor is Joel Greenblatt. Yes. And the book? And what was the book? He's... <laughs> Uh, the little book that beats, the little book that still beats the market. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it is little. It, it is, is very short. Fits in the back pocket, and it's about what two hundred pages long, or thereabouts, one hundred and fifty pages. So, um, very readable, very doable, and it's jam packed full of great information. So let's kick into it. Rent yeah. the book. Now, well, before we get into the book, I just want to give a little bit on Joel Greenblatt because yep. this still blows my mind. Yep. So, uh, he founded his fund, Gotham Capital, in 1985. Between 1985 and 2006, the fund returned uh, an annualized result of 40% a year, which is just okay. absurd. Like, Buffett gets low 20s. So, according to Wikipedia, the fund started with $7 million, 
So I just um, I cracked out the calculator and starting with $7 million, compounding that at 40% a year for 21 years and adding no additional money to the fund leaves you with $8.2 billion. <laughs> so he turned $7 million into $8.2 billion, which, and now my maths here might be wrong because this number is pretty absurd, but is a 117,000% is return. Seems about right. Does it seem right? I just it's a big number, but yeah. Yeah, well seven million into eight billion. Yeah. So over yeah, it's over a thousand a thousand percent for sure. Yeah, What'd you say? Hundred and seventeen thousand percent? Hundred and seventeen thousand. That seems about right. So I I did I did eight point two minus seven million to get the profit divided by the original amount, the seven million. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's an absurd. That's an absurd return. Eight billion. My calculator doesn't even go to eight billion. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we have companies that are worth over a trillion dollars, and your company doesn't even do eight billion. <laughs> I mean, your calculator. <laughs> All right. So uh, he definitely has the the credentials. Let, let's get into the book because he might be a great investor, but a terrible writer. So. Um, what did you think about the book? Well, I mean, as I've said already, I think it's it's a fantastic book. Firstly, as I said, it's very easy to read. The whole premise of the book is about his magic formula for investing that has led to his success as an investor. And he spends the whole book running through step by step um, essentially the formula and breaks it down in a very manageable and easy to understand way. He, he uses the metaphor of, of a kid selling bubble gum or chewing gum at school. And I think it's for a beginner investor, um, you know, you can pick it up and without really understanding a lot about investing, uh, he explains it in a way that you could definitely put the book down and, uh, at least make an attempt at some of the things that he's talking about. Not all of it, by all means, but certainly it's a, it's a great place to start to understand some of the basics of investing um, and some of the metrics that we, we speak about, such as return on capital and those sorts of things. What did you think, Ren? Yeah, I thought it was great. So he wrote it for his kids so his kids could understand how he looks at markets, how he looks at companies and a really easy way to invest. And so, yeah, I, I agree. It's easy to read, simple concepts. And I guess part of that is because at the end of the day, investing in good businesses doesn't need to be overly complicated. Yes. So I thought it was great. I Yeah, I ripped through it. It was a, it was a as far as investing books go, it was a bit of a page turner. Big time. That's, Big a, time. that's a strong caveat as far yeah. as investing books go, but it was Pumped good. to read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I know the magic formula sounds a little gimmicky, but when we'll get into like what it is, but the logic underlying it is, you know, the logic that we sort of hear over and over again from different investors. And it, it is, I guess what he's done is conceptualized it in a really easy to follow way. Yes. But the underlying principles that he's talking about, that he's explaining through this bubblegum business, blah, 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 is... um. It's good to understand. However, you even if you don't want to use this magic formula to pick stocks. So the premise of the formula is essentially 
finding good companies at bargain prices, which, you know, we've heard this before. It's a, it's a Warren Buffett approach and he breaks it down. So Ren, let's start with, we'll go through the formula. Do you want to start with how he defines finding a good company and then we can move to the bargain prices aspect? Yeah. So good company, he uses uh, the metric return on capital. Yeah. Essentially, that is your capital is your pool of money that you have. um, And for each dollar of that capital that you spend, what's your return? So if you if each dollar that you spend in your business you get one cent in profit back, you you have a one percent return on capital. Uh, similarly, if for every dollar you spend in the business you get two dollars profit back, that's a two hundred percent return on capital, which is absurd. Obviously, if you're as an investor you're buying into the business, you're putting your money into that business. If you have the option of putting that money into a business that is getting uh, for every dollar that's being put in two dollars back or every dollar that's being put in one cent back as a part owner of that business uh, putting your money on the line you should obviously go for the one that is getting the higher return on your money so that that's the first concept yeah nice so yeah he so that's where he starts his process of elimination. And then he goes on to discuss um, the earnings that the company is is getting or the earnings yield. So do you want to explain the second half, Ren? Yeah, sure. So um, a lot of people have heard of price to earnings ratio. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, the way that you calculate that is the share price divided by the earnings and it, uh, it gets a ratio. So... If the share price is fifteen dollars a share, and for for each share there's one dollars worth of profit for that share of the business, the price to earnings is fifteen divided by one, and so the price to earnings ratio is fifteen. Um, so that's a concept that a lot of people are probably familiar with. The earnings yield is just a slight tweak on that same concept. the co- The concept is, uh, what are you paying for the earnings that you're getting back? So, what you want is a high earnings yield or a low price to earnings ratio because as an investor, if so think about that first concept, even if the company is for every dollar that's getting put in it's it's making heaps of money back, if the share price is really expensive, then you're you're paying a lot for yeah. each dollar of profit that's coming back to you, yeah, and so what you want is one a company that is is really for each dollar that's put into the business, it can make a lot of profit back. But then you also want to make sure you're not paying too much for each dollar of profit that's coming back. You want to make sure that you're getting a good earnings yield or you're getting a good price for that um, share of the business. Nice. So we've now understood from Joel what he means by finding good companies at bargain prices. So we're looking at a return on capital, which if you're looking at the financial statements, ROC is the is the acronym that you'll be looking for in, in Yahoo Finance or whatever. And then we're looking at your earnings yield, or as you said, Ren, the inverse of price to earnings. So if you're looking for a low price to earnings or a high earnings yield, and that gives us an understanding of what we're paying essentially for the company. So that's where you get your bargain prices. All right, so we've understood what the two 
metrics are that he uses to find good companies at bargain prices. So how does he actually apply this formula? What what makes it magic? And I think this is the the critical part that um, obviously the whole book is about, and it's about the way that he is timing his buy and sells and the number of stocks that he's using. So Ren, you want to give us a bit of insight into the magic behind the madness? Yeah, I mean, this this was the part that I really, I thought was a really neat way of tying these two concepts together so you know we've probably talked about both of those concepts before a lot of investing books you hear about those concepts in general terms you want to find good companies that you know make a lot of money and can get you high returns and you want to buy them at cheap prices yeah but where a lot of these concepts fall down is then when people like us go to all right how do we specifically apply them we then are sort of left to our own devices but not with this green black book and that's part of why i really liked it so so what does he do what is his magic formula really simply take every company in an index or you could do every company that trades in a market if you wanted to you could say every publicly listed company in australia if you wanted to and then simply you rank each company the best the company with the best return on capital you give them a 1 and the company with the worst return on capital you give them let's say there's 500 companies we're ranking you give them number 500 and you literally just go 1 down to 500 best to worst on that one metric and then you take the 500 companies again and you rank them from 1 to 500 in terms of their earnings yield yeah and then so you have two lists 500 same 500 companies ranked in terms of return on capital and then ranked in terms of earnings yield, one being the best, 500 being the worst. And then you simply add them together. So let's say Commonwealth Bank is number three for earnings yield and number 17 for return on capital. They get a score of 20. Yeah. You get the 500 companies, you add their two numbers together, the lowest number, so the best combined return on capital and earnings yield is your highest ranked then the highest number so the worst combined earnings yield and return on capital is your worst and there you go and that's your playing field so then he recommends Joel recommends you take the top 30 and you that's you that's the companies that you invest in yeah but what do you mean by that's the companies you invest in? Like there's more to it than that, right? So you get, you've got your 30 companies. Now, do you then go in and just buy all 30 of them at once, close your eyes, sit it out for 20 years and hope that you're going to get a 40% return year on year? Or, or what, what, what's the next step to that? So let's not get too much into this. I think okay. there is, so he does recommend a process. He recommends for people like us, you know, we're not going to be able to buy all 30 stocks at once. We're not going to have that much money sitting around. So he recommends a way that you buy a certain amount of companies each quarter maybe, and you hold them for a year. But I think we, we want people to read this book at the end of the day. So I think if if so far you're interested, I think you should go out and buy the book. But for people who aren't interested and for people who are skeptical, because if you just listen to our explanation, um, I imagine you would be pretty skeptical. So they then went and back-tested this formula and 
any for any three-year period where the formula was followed, the magic formula beat the market average 95% of the time. So yeah. in 160 out of the 169 three-year periods tested, the magic formula beat the index, whether it was the ASX 200, S&P 500, whatever index they were comparing it to. Yes. Probably more impressively, over any three-year period, if you followed the magic formula, it never went Down. negative. It never yeah. lost money. Yeah. So in that, so 95% of the time, it beat the index. And in that other 5% of the time, it may not have beaten the index, but it didn't go negative. It didn't lose money. So the, the important takeaway from that, well, I mean, that, that's the takeaway, that you generally beat the index and it doesn't lose money. That's not to say it won't in the future. Obviously, past performance isn't an indication of future performance, mm. uh, but it's pretty good. It's also worth adding, though, Ren, that you're talking about any three-year period in a row. And Joel stresses a lot throughout this book that this doesn't work every single year. So when they were doing the back testing, over a one-year period, the magic formula actually underperformed. And then over a two-year period, the magic formula underperformed as well it wasn't until you hit the three-year period any three-year period in a row that market it started to beat the market averages 95 percent of the time so he stresses that whilst he's giving you this formula one of the i guess biggest cognitive biases of investing and and something that we all need to consider is the the long-term value and just being patient with markets and patient with your strategy it's going to be very hard to see this put into place and then you watch it underperform for one year or underperform for two years you're you know you've got to have a strong mental game to continue seeing this through year on year it's only performed consistently well and very well over long periods of time so he does stress this a lot and he almost starts the book by saying that if you want to do this you need to be in in it for the long haul and consistently apply the method time over time and let the numbers do the talking and not the emotions, which I thought was probably one of the best aspects of the book as well. Yeah, I think I think it it really gels with our philosophy, like that long term investing, buying good companies, letting them uh, letting the market realize their value. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to make a quick buck, this isn't for you, but I think it's definitely a it's definitely a good strategy for long term investing. So before we rip onto our favorite quote from the book, Ren. What are some of the the risks that you see attached to this formula that may or may not have been called out in the book? So I think I think what you just touched on was the main risk that I wanted to talk about that you need to hold for the long term. In terms of risks that weren't called out in the book, I actually I wasn't I haven't thought about that to be honest that much. I think there's obviously the, the risk, and he does call it out, but the other risk, so one risk is holding for a short term. The other risk is not buying an enough of those companies. Yeah. So um, yeah. if you if you did that magic formula work and you got that list of 500 companies, but you only invested in number one, you could definitely have outliers for a number of reasons. Um, it, you know, its earnings yield could be really good because it's about to go out of business so no investor wants to own the stock. So if you're not buying enough to similar the similar concept to the index to, uh, to smooth out the underperformers, then you might be in trouble. I don't know. Do you have any risks in mind? 
No, I think you covered both of them. Something to consider, I guess, is that if you're buying 20 or 30 stocks over a year, you need to consider the, the brokerage that you'd be paying on that because, as you said, doing small amounts of stocks, you're probably, you are not going to get the returns that he talks about in the book. So something that is worth considering. But otherwise, yeah, as we discussed, Ren, the main one is the risk of not seeing it out over the long period and just flipping the lid on it and, and saying, whatever, this isn't working. Um, and also the risk of not being selective with the stocks that your formula ends up spitting out to you because he's a big proponent of not choosing individual stocks and and that's what this formula is doing it's choosing it for you and choosing a large amount of them rather than choosing five or six so if that's the 30 it gives you then that's the 30 you should go with and and just do that year on year so your favorite quote ren do you have one yeah well this is a new segment that you wanted to introduce so i've uh i like it i think it's good i think it's a nice way to sum it up so yeah so i pulled one out it's a little bit long but just bear with me So the quote is, when thinking about risk, rather than making things unnecessarily complicated, there are really two main things you should want to know about an investment strategy. One, what is the risk of losing money following that strategy over the long term? Two, what is the risk that your chosen strategy will perform worse than alternative strategies over the long term? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think uh, that's really, you know, people will try and make risk into something much more complicated than that but i reckon that's a nice little summation of what you need to worry about good i like that so what something uh to ponder on what do you got uh this one got it sort of stuck to me because it's what we've been discussing over the past couple of months and the trend we're sort of running with at the moment but it's all about his view on individual stock picking he says choosing individual stocks without any idea of what you're looking for is like running through a dynamite factory with a burning match you may live, but you're still an idiot. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. All right, Ren. If anyone wants to join the book club, we're always open for new for new members. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah, you got to announce the next month. Yeah, mate. Well, the next month is December, Ren. Uh, if no, you're no, 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 you don't not the announce what the next month is. <laughs> that's announce what you just the said. book for the next month. <laughs> you said announce the next month. <laughs> Yeah, so the book that we are going to be reading for December and we will be doing this episode in in January is called Titan and it is all about uh, John Rockefeller Sr., The Life of John Rockefeller Sr. by Ron Chernow. Is that how you pronounce his last name, Ren? Uh, Let's go with it, yeah. Yeah, so Titan, The Life of John Rockefeller Sr., who, if you're not sure who he is, then definitely read this book. Uh, that's what we'll be reading over Christmas, plus a few other bits and pieces. So join the book club. If you also uh, enjoyed what we just spoke about, highly recommend you go and get the little book that still beats the market, 150 pages of absolute gold. So get cracking. Uh, Ren, that's pretty much it. Yeah, Does that's it. To add? No, that's it. I think you've summed it up nicely. Next month is December. Uh, join our book club <laughs> and... Uh, Jump on our website to see past books. Beautiful. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Equity mates.